This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. She has psionic powers. I'm Daniel. There are many eyes in the shadows. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is is Cesar, and no no surname. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for seventy five years. I'm Kevin. I am here to learn to be a better knight, I guess, for lack of a better word. I I, I kind of have my own personal quest, I guess, uh, just to become a protector of people. And I'm Tinzian. It's one of the beauties of D&D. You can't end the story. goes anywhere you want it. We have a very special recap for you today, a Made by Rabbit using clips of our previous episodes 47 through 54, I believe. So you can get a chance to catch up if you've missed anything in the last couple episodes, and some of them have been a little chaotic with my misordering of them and such. So this is a chance to to listen and get the last few episodes condensed into a humorous and shorter format. And then we will continue with the story in our next week's episode uh, with fresh material. So check this out, and thank you to Rabbit for assembling it. And I hope this clears up any oddness between the all the episode arrangements. I am going to run straight towards the end. I'm going to try and retrieve any of my belongings that hopefully are still there. As you were running along, uh, this path will bring you past the uh, Temple of Pelor, who is the deity of the sun. And you hear from within what appears to be uh, the shattered doorway of the temple uh, a very blood-curdling scream of pain and agony. I, I will definitely investigate this sound because I, I cannot just ignore someone in, in peril. I am not a sneaky type. Uh, I'm actually going to run up to the doors. Are they open or closed? They are blasted inward, like something. I am going to run straight in. Okay. As you enter the start of the first rays of light, um, haven't quite reached through the iris and sort of open um, glass top ceiling of the temple. But there is enough lingering twilight and so forth to pick out a figure kneeling and facing the doorway. This figure has what appears to be two ravens perched on it on either shoulder. And there is what appears to be a puddle growing in size in front of the uh, figure. Standing just to the back and left of this figure that is kneeling, there appears to be a tall woman with uh, sort of the hair of a raven and the cloak of a raven, who gently puts her hand onto the head, onto you know, hand onto the head of this figure that is kneeling. In a blink of just somewhat seeing this shade, there is neither person nor ravens remaining. The figure that is kneeling is still there. Um, I would like to run up to the figure that's kneeling and see who it is. For the moment, let's focus on bringing in the rest of the group. I believe we had just looked around for Mithrin and noticed that he was not there, and Thorn had ridden away. So I, I would kind of look around and see if I could locate Mithrin, because I would be concerned about him. Seeing the smoke, I would draw Caesar's attention to that and uh, I guess I would and I would say um, that I was going to go check out the town and see if I mean my assumption would be that more drow had attacked so I would want to check out the town so um, I would say to Caesar, hey look the town's on fire what are you waiting for come on let's go and he starts running off towards the smoke okay I would I still have Bert with me at this point I assume so mm -hmm. I would walk toward the doors with caution and um use Bert's light as a means to kind of see maybe further into the temple? Um, guys, I heard a, a terrible scream and I, I, I ran in here, but something's going on very strange here. 
light is showing that the surface of the floor in front of the figure is indeed stained with fresh blood. I'm going to go up and say, I'm going to look at her and see if she's injured, if the blood's hers, and I'm going to say, you know, what happened here? Where's the priestess? Um, it is it is indeed the um, head priestess of this particular temple that the party previously dealt with in the Keep of the Shadow fell and uh, held the party in high esteem. Her throat has been slit. Wow. And from what you are able to discern, she is missing an eye. Od- oddly enough, there doesn't seem to be a huge spray pattern. So something, you know, she may have had another wound before her throat was slit. I would turn to Caesar and Midthrona and say, I think she's gone. Um, before we do something to try to pay our respects and bury her or whatnot, we need to figure out how this happened. And um, I guess I would look closely at the blood and see if there's tracks or something I could determine where this person went. There appears, after moving some things, it looks like there is uh, some sort of exit wound uh, um, at the heart area and an entry wound um, at the back. Obviously a, a surprise attack. Yeah, she looks like she got took a backstab. I would like to look at, at Cesar and go, um, Sir, I, I understand that you, know, you have seen many things in your years. I, I, I would like you to look at... at at this uh, poor individual and see, like, can you can you tell what weapon did this or who did this? Because this obviously was not a, a evil person. What what happened here? Well, I'll I'll, I'll take a look. Uh, and uh, Caesar bends to look at it, and as soon as Caesar hears that he saw no one leave, he would jump up and look for another exit from the building, and like in the back or something, to see if he can maybe catch a glimpse of someone running away. Oh, by the way, um, as you were inspecting uh, the body, mm. you got a sort of odd chemical smell from the wound area. I would follow him um, close behind, looking for the assassin. Uh, I would actually, I would actually shout like, uh, uh, "Caesar, where are you going?" I'm trying to find the killer. Come on. <laughs> okay, and I'd follow. As you come running through uh, the first door, you are greeted by a series of dark rooms. There appear to be curtains along the wall. Uh, They just have not been thrown open to the day yet. As you pass into the room, you suddenly find that the room is quite alight with what appears to be the sudden colors of dawn, but in sort of a sickly, almost sort of neon kind of manner. And you find your hands and extremities starting to glow in a rather multicolored sort of way. A figure, as you are noticing this, um, you catch enough of a glimpse to uh, sidestep or something away, but a figure jumps at you and attempts to attack uh, your rear flank. This is roughly a 20 by 30 room. Most of this action right now is taking place within the first 10 feet of the doorway. It appears to be a figure. It appears to be a figure very much like the one that suddenly that weird pillar of wax type was coming up from. Snap. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it it is, it is some sort of figure, some sort of figure, and it appears to be armed, and, um, we're having a little bit of a deja vu for Mithrin at the moment. Bits that your hammer have not, has not smashed about the head and chest region. Uh, the, what is presumed to be the assassin, or an assassin, uh, is dispatched from the land of the Forgotten Realms to some deep dark pit of hell. So to clarify, was that that was like a waxy thing? No. Or it was but like a hooded the one of the it's, it's the, the hooded dude. thing that you guys were fighting up in the um the jail. It has not started to do the candlestick maneuver. No, it hasn't. <laughs> no. Um can you know the opposite of candle? Mithrin. That's right. <laughs> 
Cesar will check the corpse to see if the body has some sort of weapon that looks like it could have inflicted the wounds uh, to the priestess. The dagger, uh, with a somewhat matching chemical smell, is okay. one that was attempted to be shoved into your back. However, you're a nimble little coot and managed to get away. All right. Um, I would walk over to where Cesar was examining the body, and I would look at him because he got struck recently, and there was a poison dagger, and he's still standing, which is good, but um, he could have been nicked or something. So I would, like, pat him down in the back, just kind of look at his clothes and... Oh. <laughs> Not like that, old man. <laughs> just one of your friends. Isn't it, odd for, uh, isn't it odd? Um, you know, both of you will find this, and then uh, if you want to relate it to Mithrin after, you can. But isn't it odd that um, she was defaced, uh, no pun intended, um, to represent a mutilation of Orcus? by what appears to be uh, this sort of drow creature that Mithrin went off about. Uh, <laughs> Holy crap. So she was missing an eye, correct? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. So I... Um, is that, is that like a traditional form of execution by Orcus, Orcish cultists, or is it just... The fact that, that it was a mutilation. That's that's kind of an unknown. It's just known that he's known as the one-eyed god. Uh, uh, yes, you, you clearly see that there is something that looks like a feather sticking out of your armor. I, I would like to pull it out, please. Very good. Actually, on touching this, um, you, you feel a little cooler, but um, you, you feel that this cold sort of strengthens your resolve. As soon as that is pulled out of me, I would like to look at Xanatari and say, who has done this? You are the priestess. Tell me who has done this. Maybe somehow there's a connection between this and the and the song that you sang. I don't know, but I, I think they're here for a reason, so we better figure out what that is. The fact that they executed the priestess, and then I would share the whole uh, cult That's... of Orcus, you know, one eye execution thing, um means I guess that they're followers of Orcus and you know we just did come back from the Keep of the Shadowfell where we defeated uh, an avatar of Orcus so it could be a payback for us. I don't know how the drow are involved and that's what I would say. The party is finding itself in quite the situation. Uh, it was originally plans to be able to head out of town long by now but the situations and political forces in the world appear to have uh, come to Winterhaven. A vast chunk of the city is under attack, and or has been under attack. It's still quite unclear, but the law enforcement aspect of Winterhaven appears to be largely gone. The inn where the party was staying appears to have blown up, and who knows what other uh, forces within the town have been decapitated, perhaps literally and physically. The party is exiting from the Church of Pelor, which is the deity of the sun. To this point, the priestess who has been interacting with the party both in Season 1 and limitedly in Season 2 is deceased. Mithrin, having not shared this with the party as yet, and may not, has encountered a vision of the Raven Queen, which is the deity of the dead within the Forgotten Realms at this point in time. I want to see where this spot is going to take me. Um, okay. Just adding, just adding on. Uh, I'm also marking like trees or branches. Uh, I know it seems a little bit redundant because it's so far up the tree, but um, just to, to mark where I'm going. So you know, every couple of trees, I'm, I'm leaving a mark or something. It begins to take sort of a northerly turn, and you soon wind up on a game path. Where is everyone in relation to me right now? I, I realize I was exiting the temple. Temple. You are exiting the temple. Uh, oh, by the way, as you were doing that, there sounds like there is a large number of uh, lightning and lightning strikes uh, nearby, along with a couple uh, good solid booms of thunder. Okay, I am uh, I am headed straight to the end. I have my belongings are all I have left of home, so I need to see where they are. The 
party, making great uh, haste through the early morning, arrives quickly at the inn to find not only the barkeep and what appears to be his family, but a large number of patrons, some who seem to be trying to overcome the effects of either sleep or uh, a drug-induced haze, and others who are sitting there watching the burning building with some degree of awe, trepidation, and, oh shucks, there goes our social hour. In either case, the cadre of people look over as Mithrin comes running in, and they all stand and begin running towards Mithrin, cheering in, in that sort of beleaguered, we've been hit by all the forces of hell, and yet here is, you know, the... You know, the good thing that sort of sets their beleaguered minds away. Mithrin, you have a tiny horde of perhaps eight, nine people that are charging your way, cheering you. This feels very odd, but uh, um, as I approach them, I'm going to go, is everyone okay? Is everyone all right? You are quickly grabbed, uh, grabbed up, and uh, put upon the arms, of a, the shoulders of a couple of regulars, and they sort of begin, uh, you know, sort of all talking and just kind of cheering, and you know, there, there's finally some hope brought to this day. A couple of the other members of this posse break off over towards Xanatari as well, and they seem uh, relieved to see her since she is a member of the original team that you know brought safety to this group. A couple do greet Cesar because they realize that he is rolling with this particular company now. The epicenter of the explosion is roughly where you'd sort of think the room was. Um, that you were all staying. <laughs> there may or may not be a small flaming fragment uh, that is embedded into a tree across the uh, courtyard of the inn that's still kind of smoldering and just kind of there. That may or may not be your staff. It's somewhat odd because they, they're like, well, it is him. He looks a little different, but um, no, no, it, it it is him. It's just he 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 must have just wanted to take the armor off or something. Maybe he maybe he's used to these you know celebrations or something. Next to it, though, uh, leaning up against the very well behaved horse appears to be your staff. Yes, so wrong. Oh well, my God, yes. <laughs> It is clear, though, from the people here, um, especially the family members of the barkeep, that uh, apparently a Mithrin of rather epically armored and awesome uh, appearance kicked in the door um, just shortly after the events started to unfold where there were these shouts to stay indoors, stay indoors. And door was kicked in people were told to get out uh one of the drunks was picked up and chucked out the door and then as the first explosions started going off within the uh inn mithrin was seen running upstairs up the burning now burning stairs uh dodging bits and pieces that were falling from the roof there was a crash heard upstairs uh, somewhere around the area of the family quarters and soon he was seen leaping from the window with two small figures through the roof of the barn uh, the shed sort of stable thing next door which is uh, known by most to be containing of hay so he wasn't too bad and uh, soon emerged before the before the barn became engulfed by flames having known to rescue the two small children of the barkeep and before raising his sword and charging off into the night surprisingly enough as you as your analytic as your analytical mind starts to kick in you you do happen to notice that um, in town where there is that odd tower the tower does seem to be back and it seems to be not quite as funky an angle as it sometimes is in the afternoon sky you were able to find start with uh, three separate strikes of what appear to be large containers of it's still throwable uh, kind of like a Greek fire explosive 
and those sort of account for a foul smell in the area. Sure. There likewise appears to be a rather sizable sort of container that was at the location roughly of the chimney, but just below the floor level of the room you guys were staying in. And that area appears to be a primary source of the explosion. Okay. As you are able to get closer to the larger one that was under the room, you do detect some artificer handiwork in that there is some stuff that was set around to uh, perhaps induce based upon the fire being active in that room and so forth. You've been traveling along, and as you start to uh, pay attention to the more um, micro portions versus macro portions of the scene, you kind of remember that you've been seeing these sort of weird purple, maybe not rocks, but there's there's some purple stuff on the ground here and there. They may or may not sort of resemble scales or something along those lines, but um, they seem to be on the ground. At, at first, in passing, they would just sort of look like a, a, a local stone or mm-hmm. just whatever. But something about them doesn't strike you as sort of having a, a harmony to the local color palette. And, and just, just to throw in, because you, you had such a nice score, the smell in the air is, is very much of a, kind of an overturned earth smell. Sound, though, from just kind of taking a moment to collect your, your thoughts and everything since you're not being attacked, would seem to be in the direction towards the shrine of your deity that you were allowed to set up in town. I guess everything would kind of solidify in my head at once, and I would have a little bit of a panic attack that the church was attacked of Palor, mm-hmm. and the priestess was killed of Palor. Maybe they have some issue against deities or religion and... Like, I would panic that they were going to smash my shrine and go running out of the inn toward it. What sort of pace and clip are are you taking things at, Sanitari? Well, I was running. I have my uh, sword out, and I'm running full out towards the shrine, which I assume is pretty much like an open, Mm -hmm. you know, stone thing. It's not, like, surrounded by walls. So I should be able to see from a distance, you know, what's going on, hopefully. You see that there is a figure at the temple and appears to be fighting another figure. Pretty much as you get within firm vision of the temple range, there is a very loud and vibrant lightning strike upon one of the figures. One of the figures you think uh, was already of of dark skin, extremely dark skin, uh, potentially white-haired, or some sort of uh, flash of bright color um, about the head region okay. before uh, the entire figure is charred. The other one appears to be the elder son of the blacksmith. As you come rolling up, you can see this blacksmith's son. He's been fighting. His weapon still is sort of in the final stages of that electrical kind of crackling haze that your own weapon gives mm-hmm. off when you use your special attacks. Looking up, he sort of takes a moment to see who it is that's coming up and whether he needs to try and raise. Like, he is literally to the point that this, this ha- you know, blacksmith hammer that he's got is probably like the heaviest thing in the world to him. He looks up, sees who you are, and whether out of exhaustion or respect, drops to one knee suddenly and lowers his head. He looks at you somewhat quizzically and he goes, but it was you who had set me at this task of defending the shrine. He explains that, you know, he's sort of looking like, you know, perhaps you took a a bump to the head, so he's sort of trying to investigate what's going on. And he's like, I I was out um, trying to defend the town much as the other heroes uh, of your company have done. And I had come across the temple and saw that there were these figures there. And 
was going to do something about it because you know we we've been taught to respect the holy places whether they are new or they are old. Yeah, he he seems ex- extremely curious as to why you're asking him this question. He tells you his, tells you the story of how you came riding through the darkened streets. Um, riding? Riding upon a extremely impressive horse, the um, shoes of which were either made of a special metal that he has never seen before, or perhaps it is some of this, you know, rare magic that he has never quite seen in person, but there were sparks coming from the hooves uh, with each clomp as, you know, you, the rider, urged forward and surged forward down this road towards. And as you had arrived and, and gotten off your um, mount, you know, you were armored tremendously and it was very impressive and he's, he swears that your the sword that you were wielding was dripping what appeared to be molten lightning and he kind of points to the ground and there's actually indeed from what you can tell there seems to be a um some drops here and there of sort of a glass-like sand after you had done this the others you know the other figures had been surprised and they had turned from they were um he points back towards the altar. He says they were trying to put something back behind the altar, and they charged. Jeff rises up as you as you thank him and walk away, and he is clearly tired, but he he is following you, and he starts to um, pledge himself to the service of your deity and uh, to you as a guardian to this place you know he feels that he must you know fit in here and if he hopes he hopes that he's been proven worthy by this um defense but you know he he finds that perhaps this is more his calling than it is over the fire pits of his father's place which he still intends to honor to a point but he feels that his heart is here more. Wait, he's saying the, he's going to be a permanent guardian to this tiny shrine? Is that yes. the impression? Ba- basically, basically, he has just pledged himself as a follower. He's my acolyte to, now? He's pretty much just pledged to your deity and to you. Um, you know, so you are an extension to him of this deity. <laughs> but you, you are... Steam. It looks like the shrine itself is not marred by blade or hammer. But there is a kind of clay-type cask that has been placed up against it behind the altar. Then you... Right now, you're probably a good four miles out of town at this rate. uh, Cruising along fairly well. Hmm. And going to the party as a whole, you're able to come to some degree of the initial direction to start with because you saw which way he went back over the wall and and so forth. You're able to find the trail. Your horses are not exactly happy to be on this trail. Uh, They handle it fine, but there is a degree of caution that they seem to be exhibiting, but you're able to make good time, and after a few kind of missteps, you are able to keep the party on track for following along. You find that it's um, more like a thick, fleshy, callus-type material than it is a rock. There's definite organic nature to this. Um, It is not a scale. It's something that apparently had some large degree of moisture to it, but apparently dehydrated quickly upon dispatching from whatever it came from. It seems kind of like a maggot or worm kind of skin pattern on the uh, on this thing that you're holding. Okay, how big is it? Uh, this particular piece that you're holding is um, about the size of your hand. Mithrin, your horse is not exactly bucking to overtake Xanatari's, but you can tell that it is clearly used to being in the lead. And that it is somewhat uncomfortable being in this sort of dense forest where it cannot charge. Okay. Um, I think the time we're riding right now, it's probably close to evening. It's been a long day, and we 
we headed out really late last night to the jail, and I'm guessing by the time we're finished with all of this that the sun's kind of setting its twilight. We can probably see the fires burning behind us in the town of Winterhaven um, as we're making our way through the trees quickly and trying to keep track of, of where we are at the same time. And so then I would come upon wherever Thorn is. Um, well, I would assume that there's a clearing ahead uh, and a giant spider would need some space to move around. Um, and because he was riding this spider, I assume the purpose, you know, as Zenitar, I wouldn't know, but assume the purpose would be that, um, either the spider took off toward its home or he wanted to check out maybe where it came from. So, uh, there would be a clearing and some rocks ahead and, uh, I would see Thorn with the spider. They would be at a stop and he would be, uh, peering down toward the rocky areas and, um, trying to get a look at why the spider has stopped. I'm going to jump in here, and what actually Thorn is looking down at from his perch uh, towards the rocks below, as there's a another dip in the terrain, is coming up the hill, sort of slithering, is a <laughs> large, what appears to be purple worm. Uh-oh. However, there is in this rock field um, down below, there's a you know good number of boulders, and it looks like behind one of these boulders, there is something or some things that have attracted the attention of this creature. Okay, um, I'd like to goad the spider into... Because I haven't noticed that um, the rest of the party have rocked up behind me. Uh, I want to sort of goad it into um, a very nimble sort of quick dash or crawl but um using using the the trees on the outside of the, like the clearing as as cover i'm going to use the the spider's natural agility and 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 nimbleness amongst the forest to sort of go, go around qu- quietly so it doesn't actually the the people down in the boulder field actually don't hear me I would just yell out, totally disregarding the fact that he's trying to be stealthy. Thorn, what are you doing, Thorn? <laughs> Dude, hey! over here! Probably a quarter of that around. So if I've come in from the north northeast, and assuming that it's a circle, mm-hmm. um, and I am doing math this time around, I've probably only moved about a quarter of the way around because I mean, at the same time, I need to take care and, and not alerting the people down in the field to my presence until I can find out who they are. Having moved as you have, uh, Thorn, you notice that there appears to be a small band of uh, light-haired, dark-skinned figures that are behind the boulder. Uh, they've since moved, been trying to move around to try and stay away from this worm um but they're 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 clearly not residents of the winter haven area that so far as you've been able to tell in your brief time in the area uh everybody except mithrin can see in in the bits and pieces trying to put things together in their head that there's something out in the field and you can see those figures and see that they are quite similar to the ones that you encountered in the town it looks like they're trying to get away from that area and trying to get away from it. But the it looks like they probably got a round or two before this worm really locks in on them. I charge out of the forest and I, uh, I instead of making a beeline for the big giant worm thing that will probably destroy me, I <laughs> aim towards the drow. Um, meanwhile, making an effort to actually pull the hood up on my cloak um, while while I'm riding, just to disguise myself so they think I might be another drow come to save them. And I, yeah, basically make a beeline for the for the drow, um, and I basically pull up alongside them um, and sort of beckon from over the over the the saddle for them to climb up and, and join me on the spider, um, so I can ride them all away. You are able to coax the first two drow up on top of um, the spider behind you. They seem rather surprised that you're there, 
there doesn't seem to be a great urgency on their part to get onto the spider. But they get up there, and the other two seem to motion that you know there's not enough room as it is. You've kind of packed the uh, the remaining two up on um, to the the two that are with you on kind of uh, an uncomfortable spot. I Which wait to take off like? full pelt um, away from the other drow. Okay, in any direction, actually towards towards the group, basically. Uh, I sort of, I notice, um, like, the slight, because of my wolfish nature, um, or the animal side, I can actually have slightly better hearing than most normal humans, so I actually can determine the sound, the slight ringing metallic sound of uh, blades being drawn from a scabbard. And upon realizing this, I guide the spider, i.e. Fluffy, um, to (laughs) climb direct straight up a tree. Um, and because my two companions aren't tied into the saddle, I assume they're going to go tumbling off the spider onto the ground uh, at the feet of Zanatari, who has crept forward. Long the short of it, okay, between using Mithrin and Zanatari and stuff, okay, uh, you can get a drow propped up. Assuming that he speaks common, or whatever it is that we're all speaking right now, I would say... Let's make this simple, and you tell me why you're here. Raise my holy symbol, my plus one holy symbol, Mm -hmm. and make a petition to my god, and remind him of the desecration of his temple recently, and Mm -hmm. wait to see if he'd like to give a little electric persuasion to my friend now carrying metal in his mouth. Thorn. Yes. As you raise your bow... Your eyes are drawn to the sky above you. While the others have been somewhat paying attention to the moon and its odd erratic behavior, when you look up to it, suddenly the moon goes from being at half state to a full moon and a blood red color, almost within the space of your gaze. You realize then that there's also this constellation that looks like a skeletal hand that seems to be pointed in your direction. It is not like the stars have come down and you are there, but you feel marked. Suddenly, the purple worm lights up in a huge sort of rolling thunder gout of fire. Basically, somebody just dropped a napalm strike on top of the worm. Perception is not needed because there is scraping along the ground a large red tail that is rapidly whipping up into the sky. The fire reflects upon the body of what appears to be from your stories, Mithrin, a dragon. Atop the dragon appears to be something wearing or having horns. In the fading light, the form of the dragon is uh, lost to detail, um, but you can tell that it is quickly climbing up into the sky. As you guys were riding along and came across Thorn and were doing your thing, there's kind of this moment where you're riding along, focus on the spider, and you hear, uh, uh, Cesar? Uh, hello? Cesar? <laughs> where is the sound coming from? Well, that's the kind of the odd thing. It sounds like it's coming right out of your, uh, your ear or, you know, maybe your own head. Okay, um, I'll sort of, if I'm haven't stopped already, I'll sort of slow and stop my, my horse and, and look around and, and go, uh, uh, he- hello? Yes? Oh. oh, oh, good. You you do have that innate sense of curiosity. Still. Then. What? You're curious. Y- yes, as to, first of all, who who are you? <laughs> Scissor. Yes. Scissor. Yes. I I, I kind of see we I was a little slow in the pickup, but the game seems to be working just fine. Right. What? What? What's going on? Well, 
we do share the same analytical mind. Theory, boy. Theory. Form a hypothesis. Right. Uh, so, I hear a voice. It sounds familiar. I see no one. You are me. It's hard to put into words when it's something so far from what I've experienced. It seems as though us, meaning me and my fellow compatriots, have been... I don't know if... Inter- take, a moment, take, take a moment, boy. Deep, deep breath. We, we, under, we, under, we understand the Red Wizards of Fay were known to rattle on for hours. and Kind of like that Tinsian fellow, but, you know, just... Uh, well, uh, take a, take a breath. Take a mm. take a moment. We, we we have some you know impending doom coming, but you know we can spare a second or two. Right. You so, know. you and the others from me, you meaning me and the others are here now from the future. Cesar. Yes. We we we've got a problem. Who, I think which, which we um the entire. Prime material plane, for lack okay. of a better term. That's a that's an inclusive we. Have, have, have you have you gotten into your plan your theory yet? I kind of forget that you were sort of the whipping boy for the Thay for uh, here and there. Here and there. Okay. Well, you know it, it's. <sighs> have you looked up recently? Uh, no. Uh, uh so Cesar, uh, I, I I need me to go out to a to a clearing. Well, uh, the 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 you me and. Uh, look up. There's, they're, they're distressing. All right. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can manage this beast. Come on, you. Th- this way. What? Fights with the horse and finally gets him to turn to where the where he wants him to go. And I guess goes and assuming it's not an issue, goes and finds a clearing close by. And up looks in up. the up in the sky. Uh, there. When you remember, when you left Winterhaven, you remember that the time of the moon was roughly the um, the first crescent, heading towards the first crescent moon. Waxing Much like crescent. it does. Thank you, waxing crescent. Uh, much as it is during the normal lunar cycle. However, the moon right now is... Um, appears like there's some sort of eclipse going across it, where it makes the waxing crescent look like these sliver of light is at the bottom of the moon instead of the side of the moon. As if it's rotated like 90 degrees counterclockwise? Yes, but it sort of looks like as you are looking, there's some sort of, well, for some reason, it looks like this crescent is opening up. And the light that is part of the visible crescent is more and more sort of this deep orange or red type color. Horrors upon horrors, the constellations of the sky seem somewhat out of whack in that the hand of Vecna, or the constellation of Vecna, Mm -hmm. who is the demigod of secrets and undeath and just general malfeasance, Mm -hmm. um, is angled in such a way that it looks like the hand is reaching down towards um, some sort of open rock field area where occasionally there is a snippet of light or fire or some sort of weird shapes moving along um, the light in the area having rapidly decreased but you swear you saw a giant spider charging some boulders and this is off in the distance somewhere yes okay um, you can clearly tell that uh, your compatriots are up to something and sure but the the hand especially as thorn bursts onto the rock field and executes a charge uh, you sort of see almost like the constellation quiver or come closer to um, the land as if there's sort of this weird change in the magnification or something along mm. those lines. But it looks between the moon, perhaps a one-eyed face of the sky, and the hand, it seems to want to grab towards Thorn. So, Xanatari, go ahead and, and give us the the epic Xanatari and perhaps a greeting or some. Right. Um, at this point, I think I've been running around the town doing the various things that 
they'll hear about in the next episode. Um, I have much more elaborate armor than ever before. I have a sword and my sword has a blue kind of sheen to it and an occasional spark at the end. Sweet. Um, we all, I believe, had epic horses at this point, so I will be riding my horse Clyde, who at this, at this <laughs> moment is a little more experienced than he was and stronger and, uh, more obedient, so I will be riding so my horse Clyde. Coming out of the trees, uh, from the direction of, uh, I guess the Church of Palor, uh, kind of that direction, but in the forest, and I would come up to you and give you a nod and, and say, wow, I forgot what you looked like when you were so young. There is, from further in from the copse of trees, a, a sound as in your head. Uh, there's the momentary sort of sound loop back as what Xanatari says to you comes around from whatever the source is that's projecting into your head. So sort of a sound loop, and you just hear, Oh, oh, wait a minute, I, I see one of the buckers. He's trying to ambush you. And you hear this sort of thwack. Um, you're very familiar at this point with the sound of a crossbow mm-hmm. going off. But instead of a bolt that you can see, you sort of see this silvery, golden, almost mathematical equation that just changes and morphs as it flies rapidly through the, through the air mm-hmm. and strikes some form that was about 15 feet from you so you've sort of seen something made manifest that to you is like a complete pipe dream. This figure comes walking up to you with sort of the standard, but yet far more practice. I mean, just, it's just that damn good a swagger. Walks up next to Xanatar and slaps you on the other shoulder and he goes, Wow, I, I forgot what, what I looked like when I, when I was younger too. I thought you said that if two of you got together, somehow the awesomeness would explode the universe, old man. Yeah. I just wanted to try and make it clear that what Thorne is doing, you, you, you kind of need to keep an eye on him. Because he, he's known for falling here and there, but he could potentially bring about the, you know, the, the, the downfall um, of at least this continent, uh, let alone the entire primaterial plane, but... What What is it exactly he's doing? Well, he's collecting. Well, oh. Right, but I don't kinda, see there's, getting there's, drunk on a picture of mead and uh, jumping down holes endangering the existence of existence itself. But there's, there's sort of a sideways glance to Xanatari as if, um, okay, are we actually sort of in the right time area? That's right, you you haven't quite found out about him yet, but uh, he his his tribe they're uh, they like to collect artifacts, and uh-huh. he's trying to trying to get to this point of prestige with his tribe, and uh, he's kind of been assigned a rather uh, a daunting task, and that's to retrieve the wand of Orcus. Yeah, and um, the the rod of Orcus. He, he, yes, yes, that that one, the one the one that occasionally Orcus uh, likes to toss out into the world and uh, cause a little mischief with. A, a little. Uh, a, a little, but, um, you, you, mm-hmm. this is, this, this is still the point where there's, there's kind of some weird cultist thing going on, right? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Thorn, Thorn's kind of been playing with some fire. <laughs> I would say. What a fool. Well, well, he, he doesn't quite know what he's playing with. He just knows that he's kind of got this image of what he's supposed to be playing with. I, I think maybe if you handed him a jellyfish, he, he might still think it's... <laughs> no, no, don't spoil the story, old man. Cesar uh, gives a whistle out into the woods, and there's sort of a, uh, a sleek form giant uh, kind of blob that is moving around the woods until it uh, comes into the close enough proximity to be a bit of a a modified giant flying squirrel. It has some, definitely some uh, parts like a a false eye, what appears to be a false eye, and nice, you know, a good sturdy saddle and and so forth. It's mm-hmm. it's there, and he takes goes over to one of the saddle bags and he he pulls out uh, pulls out um, one bag and then kind of looks at Zantari and. Goes, uh, 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 look, look, look over there. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a, 
It's evil. Giant frog over there looking at the combat, the fighting. Turn around. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You know what I'm going to do anyways. You're the one that pretty much busted me for it, so please, I got to have my pride in front of the the younger me. I got to teach this me. All right. I would sigh and say, frog, where? The future Cesar rapidly pulls out a smaller bag and runs over to the side of Cesar and pushes the smaller bag quickly um, against sort of the the hit the hand hidden furthest away from um, uh, Xanatari or anyone who who might be in appearance and goes he goes mm-hmm. uh, you you're gonna understand what this one's for uh, yeah you we were kind of doing that sort of thing um, in that day. Right. Um, this other one, uh, no, this, the second one, this, no, this non-existent second thing. You turn around now! Cesar <laughs> 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 uh. slips it sort of away, yep. kind of hides it among his yep. belongings. And- with, with a, with a great show of aplomb, he kind of goes, oh, wait, no, that wasn't a giant, that was just a tree. I, I'm sorry, Xanatari, please. Uh, <clears throat> how what a callous shame. of me to... Common, common mistake. Project, project common mistake, you know, chap. Project, project such a thing. Uh, project such a thing, yes. Hmm. Um, uh, we're, we're kind of of the mindset that uh, you, you guys don't have much research on this seven-pillared hall and uh, the trade practices here, and uh, we, we've kind of learned that um, going in as an outsider and uh, someone on the unknown can, can pretty much be uh, damn near a death sentence, as Mithrin almost learned uh, the accusations were, were later revoked, but, you know, it was all accusations, I, I assure you, and kind of gives the wink of, you know, there was just some hellacious party somewhere that went wrong. Um <laughs> Um, oh yes, uh, but we 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 sort of took up a collection for you all, and uh, we think we think that this is the bounty payment uh, that you will you each need uh, in, in in some total. And uh, well, you know, you can kind of say that maybe you stepped on a leprechaun or uh, perhaps something, some of that but... lifted cash you're carrying. What? Oh, what are you talking about? There's there's no there's no lifted cash whatsoever. The only lifted cash is off the. The bodies, and it's equally distributed in all ways. We know this thing. We have, we have, and he kind of sla- starts slapping his hands together, sort of the back of the back of one hand into his palm, and he starts kind of ranting in this sort of professor ways. We, I have proven the mathematical theory behind our loot distribution, and it is flawless. It, in fact, I, we have that got us into the whole call. Who's the and, one that lost and, his pants and his shirt in that round? And he just kind of stops, and he looks at her with a kind of a raised eyebrow, and um, there's there's fifty thousand platinum, and he kind of kind of gives the sort of wink and the the nudge and the what uh what's needed for the uh what is it the the bounty that you were buying citizenship or what what was it uh, forty five forty five needed for the citizenship mm-hmm. okay yeah good. Natural twenty plus seven. <laughs> um, it's dawned on you in all the excitement. I know you've previously looked at the sky, and you now see that it's this bright red, orange kind of thing with the hand of Vecna constellation, you know, pointed towards uh, where the party is. Um, in all the confusion, you suddenly have this uh, realization that you've seen the image of the hand of Vecna before. Okay. In terms of perhaps in passing on one of the Wizards of Thay's emissaries or whatever, but you've come to realize you've never actually seen the Hand of Vecna constellation. There actually isn't supposed to be one. You uh, see the burning thing fly up into the sky at sort of a very uh, pitched angle, mm-hmm. and it's burns for probably up to about 200 feet before the corpse suddenly or the flaming ball of worm is dropped or falls from the sky as whatever has it uh, lets go and there is a resounding Um, sort of 
squish thud pops crackle thing. I ride up. Hello, all. What I miss? You were gone. I was. I was counting on you for to like watch my back. <laughs> well, I was I, really brave here. Thanks a lot. I uh, <laughs> I had to. I stopped for a, a moment on the trail, and when I looked up, you all were gone, and I I got distracted for a little bit there. But uh, here I am again, and here you are. You seem to have done all right. What yes, were you doing I, all by yourself for so long? Well, well, that's that's quite the story. That might take a little longer, but. Uh, it looks like you have dealt some destruction and devastation as usual here. Anything out of the ordinary? <laughs> Thorn rode the spider for a really long time, but then we killed things. I look down again, and I turn to Kevin, and I say, Have you noticed the stars look like a hand? Um, no. I saw that, actually. Says, uh, do you know what this means? No, uh, I, I've never seen that... that- uh, arrangement of stars in the sky before and combined with the way the moon's looking, I would say that they're probably connected and it probably doesn't mean something good. Well, okay, so you guys are seeing something significant about the sky right now? I mean, I see like the moon's a funny color and like mm-hmm. that, I, I don't see this constellation that you guys are talking about, though. Well, look, look, look below it. You, you see how the uh, that star and those stars there and, and that all form the, like a like a hand? Pointing? Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, sure. Uh, it, I, I guess I, you know, I trust your guys' um, expertise in this field, but I, I just want to know: Did any of you guys happen to see in the in the temple that lady that was in there? Yeah, the the dead the, priestess. No, no, the other what? one. The one that we killed. No, the other one. <laughs> what other one? What other one? That I don't remember a temple. Maybe oh, no. we should step you were through riding this. The spider. <laughs> should we step through this bit by bit, like you were maybe thinking about? I, I think this is a good idea because I, there's a lot that's happened here, and I think we just need to get our ducks in a row because right yeah, now we're all just kind of going. Yeah. So moving up to the temple, I ran into the temple. I look in there. I see kneeling person that looks like they're in trouble, and there's this lady there, and she has this cloak on that looks like it's made of feathers and there's like some crows or something like standing on the shoulders of the lady that's kneeling and then you guys show up and that lady's gone so I'm assuming that must be the assassin uh, or or one she must have been with those drow people or something where where was she was she like looming over the person or yeah she was like right 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 beside him no don't think I saw that but she Um. disappeared Okay, should I roll a religion check because I would somehow recognize this person? Mm, sure. Okay. 23. Uh, you would know that that is the, a description of the manifestation of the Raven Queen who is one of the sort of shepherds of the dead. This is very odd for me. Okay, so not the assassin. Someone else. Some god. I saw a god. Yes. You saw a goddess. This is why I'm getting gray hair. It's, I'm it's getting gray hair. It's probably because you were so close to insanity earlier. Your mind might have been like more susceptible to this sort of thing. You you think there may have been some sort of extra mark on this new staff you have that in whatever sort of scripting language you're using um, might actually also mention the name the Raven Queen? Mithrin, what are your thoughts on coming back to town? I would say I think it's better that we actually go to where where uh, uh, the future Caesar said we should go. I mean, he's already been there, right? M- maybe we should go to this this uh, this Minotaur city and check out what's happening there because it seems like I don't know. It just seems like 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 Winterhaven stuff is all in the past. There's a motley assortment of torches that have been. Um, thrown around the ground outside of the gates to probably about a 20-foot radius around the gates in an effort to provide a minimal level of light. Uh, it looks like some of the townspeople are manning the gate and probably just toss the torches over at the uh, wall instead of actually going out and putting a formal sort of demark out against the woods. Uh, I, I would like to actually volunteer to go first. Uh, because I think I can probably talk to the villagers if they don't recognize who we are. 
I would respond to be like, oh, 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 hold up, guys, hold up, hold up. It's me. I'm Mithrin. Mithrin, you know, the guy who is with Xanatari and Caesar and and Thorn. Uh, we've run all the drow out of town. We just want to come back in and uh, get some directions. There's a cheer from the gate, and people, you know, the guy turns around and shouts, send runners, send runners, the company has bested the evil, and all is well in the land once again, send runners and prepare for a party. Smythe, do you still have your skills and, you know, your your maps and stuff? And Smythe, uh, who has been the one sort of kind of leaning in and whispering at the one, nods and... The guy just sort of throws his arms up in the air and calls for the gate to be opened. Mithrin, uh, Smythe uh, appears behind you, having come down from the wall, and offers to lead you both towards uh, the merchant, who he reports to still be in town, and also to offer his skills as a scribe and a, a minor cartographer, more of a hobbyist, he is quick to mention. You are given directions that the rock field that you were at is not exactly a midpoint, but it's sort of the the boundary to the entire kingdom that is under the, for lack of a better term, economic sway and dominance of the seven-pillared hall. There's a particular mountain range you need to head towards, and most of the trading paths have some degree of traffic on them, so you should be able to find your way once you reach one of those. But it's a further uh, north-northwest from the rock field that you guys were at earlier. As we entered the gate, I kind of headed toward the direction that my shrine was was in and and I grabbed Thorn and kind of looked at him, asking if he would come with me and hoping that he would come along uh, while they went to do their errand. And um, when I got to the shrine, uh, it looked pretty much the same as when I left it, except for I think I would find Jeff kind of napping in the back under his cloak. So I would turn to Thorn and show him where this suspicious, perhaps bomb or or drow present has been left and um, ask him what his thoughts are. I'm going to roll another thievery check to slide the knife under the edge of the box um, and sever basically any cords that might be attached to the edge of the box that might trigger uh, and then keep the the flat of the blade down on the pressure plate to make sure that as soon as the pressure is released um, it doesn't go off because there's pressure from the, the flat of the blade on the actual pressure plate. Okay. You manage to get the blade under the container, which is sort of somewhere along the line of a large cask. As you are moving the knife underneath the pressure plate, you realize that uh, you have to stop because there appears to be something else under there, and you have heard what sounds like a click. I pick up the car, mm-hmm. and I run it outside. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the, the cask outside, and I'm going to try and continue disarming it. I know, but I'll I'm wait so for the Um, I am concerned about Thorn. I am concerned about the shrine. I want to give myself some space in case this explodes, but at the same time, I want to, I guess, follow Thorn towards the woods. If I have to shock her with lightning, I will. Okay. <laughs> Clear! Clear. <laughs> the, the, the... Mithrin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you 
might want to edit that out. All right. Okay, so using my complex brain for mathematics, um, eight legs moving at 25 miles per hour, um, plus roller skates. 3 p.m. Subtract. <laughs> yes! Here I go! No offense, old man. I love you, but you're an old man. Yes, I am. With the libido of like a 15 year old. Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> 